Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hiya, Pete. And here I thought I was going to get to play the bad cop, Matt. We're looking at episode 114 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., entitled Tahiti. And it's brought to us by the good people of the guest house. How was your drive from Istanbul? Ah, Istanbul. What a, it is a lovely drive from there to the guest house, isn't it, Pete? Well, Pete, we start tonight with our debrief. We are still debriefing from having spoken with Clark Gregg, who was so generous with his time, uh, having spoken with him for over half an hour on last week's uh, podcast. Just, you know, it still is is uh, an episode that I've gone back and listened to. Oh, I want to talk about this at some point. I want to talk about that. And just aside from aside from the the great conversation that that we were able to have with him it really was just i mean it was so fantastic no pun intended that he he did take out some time uh to spend with you know us the the little people the fans out there and he was just just so genuine so enthusiastic about this job in a way where i've kind of continued to think and i don't mean to call it other franchises but we've been to enough you know geeky uh, conventions where I know not all uh, actors kind of appreciate the love of the fans and you know fan fervor and people saying you know well you know in in episode five when you took out your who's he what's and they're like dude whatever I just they gave me a flashlight with you know with tape you know <laughs> like like glowing tape around it and they just told me to say stuff like the mythology that Clark Gregg uh, uh, is tied into for this show is just just absolutely wonderful I've been um saying it to everybody who was kind enough to listen and it is uh far and away our um our our most widely disseminated episode yet and and continues to be catching uh retweets and and downloads even tonight so again a big thank you to everybody checking it out or uh even thinking of checking it out and again uh clark greg was just so uh giving and genuine of his time but um, been saying it again and again. This is a guy who knows he won the lottery and is not afraid to, uh, you know, perpetuate that idea. Um, going from, you know, Matt, you said it, a couple lines in, in Iron Man to a staple of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and now the, the linchpin of uh really after tonight's episode um an emerging uh action show for all of television and um you know he said it you know he'll be back and and we look forward to that we also look forward to uh some other surprises along the way throughout the rest of the season um so yeah we'll just take a moment say hello to our to our uh, listeners, new and old, I know that we've picked up a few new ones along the way. We just want to quickly remind everybody, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by visiting fantasticgeek.com. That's fantastic with a PH. And uh, won't you visit today? Uh, you can click on the PayPal link uh, to help with uh, our podcast storage and bandwidth costs. And even a little goes a long way. So with that, Pete, what is next? Up two hours since the fateful shooting of uh, Love How Clark referred to her in the uh, the interview as Agent Sky, the honorarium there. And um, in an episode where she does not get 
a line of dialogue. Her fate hangs in the balance. Two hours since she's been shot. We're in Zentrum, Switzerland. And uh, a, a shield shock room is where she is brought. And uh, Coulson is concerned. He's on the phone talking to uh, somebody there at Shield HQ, whether that's the hub or elsewhere, looking for uh, Director Fury, that we've got an agent dying. Uh, we get the, uh, the rather uh, somber delivery from the uh, surgeon there. It's not good. There's too much damage. I'm starting to think about life support, better call her family. And again, every time we come to a dramatic moment with Colson, he just finds another gear and, uh, you know, we get an exchange and then we get, we're her family, um, which I just loved. Um, and everybody in the team is handling it differently. Sin Ward are racked with guilt. Uh, Simmons is a worrier. And May likes to blow off steam by uh, assaulting um, prisoners. And that <laughs> was a rather, I, I mean, look, I don't know what particularly the discussions are with the, uh, oh, whatever the, the department is called that, you know, every TV network has to kind of make sure things aren't too edgy or inappropriate. Uh, is it standards, standards and practices? practices. Oh, great minds, Pete, great minds. Um that I'm not saying I was personally offended or concerned about the children watching, uh, but that was a good old that was a good old beating. Um, Daddy, <laughs> why, why is Agent May beating the nice bad guy within an inch of his life? I mean, that is what it is. Um, it it was handled. I don't think it was handled in a cavalier way. Um, you know, again, it it's a, an emotive point based on the springboard of what Sky's going through. Um, you know, quickly we segue to the idea that uh, Coulson um, needs to know the truth. They need to get uh, Sky to wherever it was that he had the Tahitian procedure. Um, and Bethesda, Maryland is thrown out as the, uh, the site so they quickly uh, head in that direction. And then uh, little do we know that they are going to be intercepted by three aircraft uh, around the bus, uh, one of which looked like nothing I've ever seen before that is able to dock with the, uh, <laughs> with the bus there. And on pop, um, Agent John Garrett, played by uh, the multi-talented um, and, and really staple of film and TV himself, Bill Paxton, and uh, his protege, uh, like Ward, Antoine Triplett, who was played by uh, newcomer uh, B.J. Britt. I mean, it was, it was fantastic seeing, uh, seeing Bill Paxton. He really has such gravitas to him. Um, been, been a couple of years, I think, since I've seen him on on the telly. Uh, I initially was wondering if perhaps, well, if perhaps they they had put him in a turtleneck to maybe just hide a little little weight gain, perhaps. But um, when push came to shove, I mean, he just he has he he has an ability to command the screen the way the way few television actors can, and that's nothing against Clark Gregg. It's just a different energy. Clark Gregg is 
endlessly paternal. Well, and endlessly I mean, kind of the, the, the best friend you want to have. And Garrett is like your friend's dad who was in the Navy and has like a gun locker in his office, in his home office, that kind of thing. Well, all the more reason to show him the big love. <laughs> God only knows. <laughs> so it, it becomes a race against time. Uh, we've got to get Sky to whatever facility this is. And um, that's when Coulson comes with the goods. He hands over the uh, security level 10 report about um, his uh, death and recovery that uh, he orders Fitzsimmons to read something it is illegal for them to do, um, detailing what Dr. Straiton and the few other uh, techs know or did to Agent Coulson. Um, you know, that Tahiti was a false memory. Uh, we quickly learn that um, Coulson's heart was perforated, actually torn in two as a result of uh, Loki's Chitari scepter. Um, and like May said, um, the people on this team need people like Coulson. And all the more reason this show is built around him. He is the heart and the soul of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. By the way, you mentioned uh, the, the doctor a moment ago. Is it Dr. Straithern? Is that how it's pronounced? Straithen. Straithen. I know that I was watching very carefully. I was not, you know, busy tweeting or taking notes, and I could have sworn that that uh, Simmons said Doctor Strange, and I immediately went on Twitter and said, "Did I just hear her say that?" Like I'm sitting here going, "There's supposed to be a Doctor Strange movie in like four or five years. Did they just like debut the character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a little uh, with a little throwaway line?" And no, somebody who I wish I had their name handy, but there was like there was there was pent up twitter energy that people finally had agents of shield and it was just a it was just you know it, it floweth forth so i apologize for not having the 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 twitter person to who, who corrected me but they said no it was so and so that's the that's the ron glass character and i said oh yes that now makes that makes sense yes it is definitely not uh dr strange who it is believed will be played by your boy from uh the mad men John, uh, John, John Ham, John Ham. Yeah. I believe that's a uh, summer 2016 or summer 2017 joint at this point. Wow. But nonetheless, um, you, you our, know, Pete, I, I hate to interrupt. I know you're not a yeah, Mad Men fan. You know what the um, John Ham has a particular uh, particular habit that he has whilst wearing uh, either his own personal clothes or I believe also studio wardrobe. Do you happen to know what that is? No. Let's just say that uh like John Garrett or or similar to John Garrett, he he he's a commando, but not with the gun kind of way that John Garrett is. I guess. It's kind of weird. I'll just admit. I think it's great to live in a world with to, jets. How am and I supposed underwear. to follow up with this? <laughs> you are supposed to say that you what too you? are happy that we live in a world with jets and underwear and then say something that happened on the bus. Okay. See, I just listen. I, I think our <laughs> listeners need to understand something that, that I tweeted uh, tonight, you know, March 4th, around 9 30 p.m. I tweeted, 
a picture of your extensive notes and and your your prep, your journalistic acumen is second to none. Thank and you. sometimes my job is to just hear you building up this wonderful line of thinking and just try and be the bowling ball that knocks it all down. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> Much like uh, how Garrett and uh, Garrett and uh, the rest were able to uh, survive tonight. Yes. Back to you, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so between Garrett's interrogation of an already bloodied Quinn and uh, the information that Coulson uh, and Fitzsimmons glean from the death and recovery report, we settle in on a location known as the guest house, a World War II collapsed bunker uh, that is only on the map because of a visit from a level 10 uh, personnel, that of course being director Nick Fury. And we set out for the guest house, which of course has a, uh, a password, which we've already, or a passphrase as we've already, uh, um, promoted that of course, how was the drive from Istanbul gets asked again and again and again, we never get an answer. And of course we have to go with the pretty please, uh, method of, uh, agent Garrett. I wonder if that's like a, I'm just checking it now. I wonder if that's like a uh, a pre-existing code phrase or or that that sort of thing. Pretty please, that's been used. I'm thinking since like the uh, the 18th century. No, I'm saying <laughs> it doesn't Turn show about up. As that is fair play. Uh, <laughs> true enough. Uh, I wish I could. You know who could come up with some great wordplay? It would be Brett Dalton. And joining us now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Pete, with that, please do continue. I'll be I'll, I'll be good now. I, you are <laughs> you are in so many ways my uh, my uh, my so. So please, Pete, go ahead. Once we dig in at the guest house and work our way past uh, some of the baddies, uh, henchmen number one, number two, and number three, one of which uh, recognizes Coulson. Hey, didn't you used to work here or something? Um, or maybe get your brain rewired? Yeah, weren't you patient number two? Um, we settle in on the main drive of our visit there, this GH325 drug or compound or steroid or whatever we'll say it is when we get to our level seven segment. Um Colson finds the Tahiti door or hatch. Matt, you might have a little something to say about that. I think that it was very interesting that Colson stepped into the hatch, expecting answers, pushed the button, and only found out that that just led to more questions. Yes. Would you say uh, that he's he's a bit lost, Colson, emotionally? <laughs> He looked a little lost when when Garrett uh, found him, but when you see half of an avatar in a <laughs> tube, uh, completely out of place, of course, you know, like he wants to know why is half of Jake Sully connected to all these GH tubes? That Jake doesn't even make sense. And where is James Cameron? <laughs> anyway, uh, 
it, it becomes very much uh, Coulson's mission then to prevent Sky, who has coded several times, and thank goodness to the medical skills of Agent Simmons and uh, Triplet with the epinephrine, uh, has been, uh, you know, uh, kept alive on the bus. No sooner do they get back on the bus, Coulson and Ward and Garrett. Coulson says, no, wait, don't put the... Uh, and she's been injected with the GH325. Of course, she seizes and spazzes before she stabilizes. And Sky has been saved. Oh, uh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And glows slightly red from the inside? I'm glad you, you brought that up because, Matt, you talked about my notes and you talked about the tweeting and where do I got to keep my attention on the screen? I never saw that. Ah. Well, so Pete, we'll get I don't to know. that in level seven as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I almost, I almost, I almost shared the answer, but you're yes. right. Level seven. We're right. We, going, we haven't earned it yet. We're not you're all level four. There. Sit down. Yes. Nor has the audience. <laughs> so, um, you know, she's stabilized. She's she's safe for now. But what is she? We will have to discuss. Um, and then, of course, we learn that uh, uh, Garrett's character will be back uh, sooner rather than later. We know it's an extended uh, guest stint. Um, Agent Triplet, it's also revealed, has eyes for the biotech gal, the lovely Gemma Simmons. I I. Thought the Paxton's Paxton's speech at the end, um, the whole bit about how, you know, the good guys have won, the clairvoyant played you. Thought that it was inspired, it was delivered wonderfully, and depending on how they might use the Garrett character, which I know we have a, a thought about that, that that we'll save for level seven. But all things being equal, I think it would be fantastic to have Agent John Garrett quite frankly, join the cast in season two. And I don't want you to think that I'm back to the the Matt of old saying, uh, you know, oh, there needs to be cast tweaks. We need to, you know, this, that, the other. We need to get rid of some people. I, I just think that, you, you know, you're at a point now where you have this core six and they're fantastic. You want to add Garrett? You want to add Triplet as full-time characters? I feel like there's a ton of potential there to do that. And, and I would absolutely welcome it. Oh, for certain. I just want to make one other note about um, tonight as far as an episode uh, Tahiti. And we do need to delve to the bottom of uh, the last two episodes, tracks, again, an acronym and Tahiti, uh, an acronym, neither of which have been disclosed. And there's been much speculation. So um, whether or not there will be a one-to-one -one payoff there, um, we just don't know at this point, um, you know, and, and a lot of people have certainly been offering what they think that is, but I thought a brilliant way to navigate the conflict tonight, uh, the clairvoyant cannot see for whatever reason, whether it's not earthly technology or whatnot, he cannot see what Coulson's been through. He wants the secret of resurrection for his centipede soldiers. Um, at the same time, the decision was either let him see or let Sky die. And I just thought that was a really meaningful and effective way to move at that conflict. Yeah, I think that it's 
you know, it's it's a nice job that the series has done to really tie together what appear to be disparate threads, whether they were intentionally so or not. Uh, you know, we'll never know. I'm sure they won't cop to it uh, if it was not all, you know, part of a plan. But it's a really nice direction that we're headed where everything that we've seen from the first, you know, Agent Coulson died in New York. You know, I know that. I'm level six. Welcome to level seven. Like, from that point forward, every little bit that we've seen really is tied together as part of this part of this larger story and uh i mean the series the series is is really operating at a high level i don't think that this episode was as good as tracks but tracks was also i mean how many times you're going to do some sort of multiple perspective take on on you know on a narrative and on uh, how it's presented and and that sort of thing but um we're we're headed in a good direction here oh for certain Speaking of direction, let's open up the dossier. I think it's a little thinner than uh, normal tonight, only because we're dealing with pre-established uh, villains and then some that really just meet the uh, the qualification. Quinn, of course, uh, remains in custody and early on becomes the subject of a uh, little bit of a conflict within S.H.I.E.L.D., and I think that is only going to widen in the weeks. We're a month today, thank goodness, away from the next Marvel cinematic uh, masterpiece of uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And I, I do really think um, the, ten, the first 10 minutes have leaked online, by the way. I have not seen them. Wow, um, Pete, such I, restraint. Yeah, uh, not that I didn't try. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Um, now, but, is it is it true that in the first ten minutes, the Winter Soldier uh, somehow brings a a a sick girl back to health, uh, but her father has to pay a steep, steep price? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let it go, Matt. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, so we're a month out from that. We know that there is going to be inner turmoil within Shield. Um, that Garrett and Triplett show up uh, really under the, the guise first as uh, villains in opposition of our team uh, before, you know, coming over to their cause, um, I think is emblematic of where we're going within this paramilitary, paramilitary, excuse me, organization. Yeah, you know, I hadn't quite thought of it in part. Uh, I hadn't quite thought of it that way, in part because I am a little more, um, you know, hesitant to see the the previews and and read some of the spoilery stuff for Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Although obviously, turmoil within Shield is is of no surprise to most people. I think um, it it continues to be this really interesting presentation of Shield, at least as far as the series has shown us where um there's kind of this notion that you know they're the good guys because they say they're the good guys and uh nobody's really there to question it and pete did we ever have the question answered uh you know it was kind of set up you know well if if sky lives then then uh garrett gets uh gets quinn but if she doesn't Dun, dun, dun. Like, did that ever get answered? Like, what would happen to him? Because it seemed to be like, oh, protocol follows that since he shot Sky, and if Sky dies, therefore we move to subsection twenty-two of the Shield Charter. Like, did they ever answer that? 
The directive that was thrown out was Shield Directive 1297 that the bus was in violation of in uh, regards to prisoner movement. Um, no, Matt, I don't believe that was ever directly um, answered. I do think, and again, it's it's function of the plot. We've got to get these guys on the bus which first off, all right, we're going to do a midair transport. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously that's, that's fictional, mostly fictional technology. I mean, it's very difficult to do something like that. Well, that's what they want uh, you to believe, Pete. Ex- exactly. And then uh, the idea here that, you know, uh, the two protégés of uh, Garrett are going to wind up beating the crap out of one another, and then everything's going to be cool. <laughs> Well, I think that's why you have protégés. I mean, when you're in your 50s in Shield, you know what? You've you've lost a step or two. So what do you do? You get some, you know, late 20s, uh, you know, mountain of a man to be your number 2 guy and you just kind of basically be like, "You, go punch that thing for me." You I, know I, who else? I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I mean, clearly it's the clearly it's it's in the Shield guidebook. You know who else has protégés, though, Matt? And Quinn is one of them. And goateed guy who had, like, two episodes and is now dead. And Raina. Uh, the clairvoyant has some protégés. And um, have we seen the clairvoyant? Mm, I'm not so sure we haven't to this <gasps> point. You're not so sure that we have not? I'm not so sure we have not Pete. seen the clairvoyant. We'll talk about that again. That's a level seven joint right there yeah i was about to say is it level seven time not just yet the clairvoyant had a couple more thugs hanging around again in henchmen's one two and three within the guest house um one of which had seen colson before so it is firmly established that he had been brought to that facility which i think is important to understand wait 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 wait. i i have to disagree with you there i don't think that those were necessarily clairvoyant henchmen i think that assuming that that the guest house was not a shield uh base let's just say it was just for the sake of argument you know it was united states army or it was you know whatever united nations compound whatever it is it was some other organization that was just guarded by guards doing their job which was to guard it against anyone who couldn't get in i didn't sense that they were i mean they were bad guys for the purposes of the narrative but i didn't sense that they were evil twist the mustache the way the clairvoyant is they were just you know it's like that it's like that uh monologue about the uh you know the the construction workers at the second death star like they were just there to do their job they just happened to be on the wrong side of our heroes i think we're dealing with such shades of gray at this point i mean are are you prepared to cast the clairvoyant in such black and white terms i'm not only because hmm. we don't know. Yes, he wants the resurrection for the centipede soldiers. But remember, that type of technology was being done under the guise of business. And do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's interesting. And it certainly would be the first time that we've had the good guy who actually is the bad guy, but he's bad because he's against our heroes, but he's fighting for for the right things in his point of view i mean i'm thinking of thinking of the guy pierce character in iron man 3 who side note i have not seen the uh the um 
the continuation of that story with uh, with Trevor Slattery on the Thor disc. I thought that Guy Pierce outed himself as the Mandarin, so I almost referred to him as the Mandarin, and then I didn't want to you know have nerd rage placed down upon me. But that was certainly a character who was saying we need to do these things uh, to protect ourselves. You know, we need to do these things for the right reasons at, at a steep cost, nonetheless. So. Well, Matt, I know it doesn't surprise you that I have seen All Hail the King, uh, the Marvel one-shot with uh, the fabulous uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. And I really think that's a product of the nerd rage. And as Clark Gregg referred to us, uh, referred to it in um, our interview, the idea here that the fans can really will things. The fans can will uh, Colson back to life with the uh, hashtag Colson lives, um, you know, movement, uh, get him essentially a, a show and, you know, get a second shot for a long, uh, really feared bad guy in the Mandarin. So I think we're going to eventually get him as a full on, uh, you know, non uh, disguised villain in one of those films eventually oh well we we certainly shall see the the one other thing as far as you know the dossier tonight and it, it comes via the secret scene but you know we we talked before about the shades of gray and and not being quite so diametrically opposed to our heroes um i mean yes did the clairvoyant you know order sky to get shot yes but again we don't know what sky is so that might have you know, there might be ulterior motives there. Huh. Uh, uh, Lorelai, um, long, uh, you know, uh, said to show up in this, um, you know, second half of the season, the back nine, um, played again by. Lena Satine. Yes, it would. And she has made a trip to the oh so desolate Midgard here. Um, so that she can do something, um, what we don't know. And that again, will be speculation in level seven. Um, but she needs the help of, uh, newlywed Jimmy McKenzie to remain free. And we end with him swearing to protect that as guardian. She needed to get out of the Valley of death. And I guess she will be crossing paths with the son of Cole. I would imagine. <laughs> well, that Pete, should we move on to level seven? Yes. And leading off level seven tonight, level 10. There is a level 10. Um, Paxton is apparently level nine because he referred to Colson as a level eight jackass. <laughs> So there is a very clear progression mm. and we have an establishment of the first character within this universe that qualifies as level 10. And as that is, of course, and you would only expect could be uh, someone played by Samuel L. Jackson because uh, no one would attempt to tell him he's anything less than the highest level. And we know that the GH325 uh, microsurgery and all of these things have our top scientific whizzes Fitzsimmons stumped. Um, it's been discussed before, but Colson was gone for days, not seconds as he, uh, you know, speculated. 
And um, I, I thought a little, I got to call him out a little bit on this. There, there were at least two moments in tonight's episode. Oh, it's encrypted. Sky could hack it. Oh, wait. Oh, oh did I? She got shot in her tummy. <laughs> and then there was Sky could get us past the. Ch- oh, yeah. He's dead. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> so, I, and again, we just wanted to are- restate the central conflict of tonight's narrative, everyone. Yes, you out there. And and I get it, but I, I think it it fell it fell a little off. There were definitely a few moments in this episode where you could see the hand of the writer. There was something early on. I don't think I wrote it down. There's something early on where uh, it's a line that May has, where it's something almost as direct as like, "We need to go find a cure for Sky, who was just recently shot twice in the stomach and may die." It's just like, all right. We got it. <laughs> Thank you for making sure we we understood that. Thank you. Yeah, but this is, is all is. about. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, you know, it is what it is. It's a necessary um, evil of the TV. I wouldn't even say evil. It's a necessary function of the TV format that they know. Um, at the very least, it has been a week since you've watched, and you know, I don't know how much advanced knowledge they have for when which episode will be placed at what point on the schedule, but. Um, You'll see that, you know, you'll see that often enough if you keep an ear out where they'll say, hey, that thing that happened five minutes ago, which was actually last week's episode, we just want to quickly mention it right now because it's so terribly important that it's driving tonight's episode. So it is what it is. I get it. But in a buzzkill way here, you like just in terms of, oh, yeah, like you, you can only imagine it's going to be ever present in their mind that we are doing this for Sky. Right. Oh yeah. We need the skills of the person who's bleeding out on the table. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but it's all about Tahiti. And so Matt, let's let's answer some questions or attempt to answer some questions. So I pose to you what is GH325, of which there are many GH compounds inside Tahiti. Well, let's work backwards a bit here. The tubes going from uh, GH into the the little ampules, or well, I guess the direction is is the focus of my question. Are the tubes leading out of the GH subject, or are they going into the GH subject? I assume we could assume they are extracting this from the the torso. Yes. Uh, then what is it? Well, I guess that that. I, I guess to to be able to think about what it is, I'd have to think about what GH is. And I'm kind of stumped. I know we had some tweets, and, and I'll give credit where credit is due when we go to uh, Decrypted Transmissions. Uh, some people saying Chitari. I think that's a little convenient. I mean, if, if we're going to go to the Chitari well again, you know, Loki and the Chitari came and killed Coulson. And then there was a Chitari... Uh, uh, headpiece skull you know yes um the helmet the helmet that we did an episode about and then now we're doing you know like i think it just be like oh yeah there was some like chitari guy and we hooked him up and got juice out of it in the days after colson was killed like i don't even know if the timeline lines up properly i mean let's just say for the sake of argument colson was killed on a monday 
and the Battle of New York was a Tuesday, and he was dead for days. So let's just say Saturday he comes back. During that whole time, you took a Chitauri body and you started looking through it for secret regeneration blood, and you found something, and it worked, and it made Coulson come back. Like I know, I, I know, Fury wanted to move heaven and earth, but that's that's a record and a half right there. Looked a little different. Um, yeah from what we've seen of the Chitari, and again, you know, they've, they, they've been effective in the films. They show you enough, but they don't linger on it. They tend to look a little more grayish purple. Um, you know, the, the, the joke that I kind of fell on and we talked before, you know, was avatar esque again, because of the, the big blue appearance, obviously. Um, I think the H part, and the fact that the GH serum was green, I think there's a Hulk connection here. You mentioned, Matt, that she glowed red. Is there not a red female Hulk? Uh, I believe that it would be She-Hulk. No, that's not She-Hulk. I saw I She-Hulk at New York Comic Con. Let's see, She-Hulk. Thanks, Internet. Um, She-Hulk, also known as... Come on, Wikipedia. Um... I know I saw She-Hulk, who was who was green at, at New York Comic Con, and the internet's taking forever. Here we go. Jennifer Walters uh, shows up on the Wikipedia as as green. Um, she got a blood transfusion from him, but I know there is a red Hulk, a red female Hulk at that. Is there? Okay. Yes. Um, again, we want to stress to our listeners: we are not Marvel Comics fans by any stretch of the imagination. Wow, that is a uh, a pretty picture of the She-Hulk on Wikipedia. Um, now I'm going to search Red Hulk. Um, that would be interesting if, if there is a red there. female Hulk, a red She-Hulk. Uh, oh, wow. That apparently on Earth 616, and 616 was mentioned tonight, okay, um, that is connected to uh, Betty Ross, is connected to the girlfriend of one Bruce Banner. Huh. So again, could they be going there? Who knows? Um, I, I think they have to operate within the uh, constraints of uh, the established universe. Um, you know, some, some things I've seen here that, uh, you know, this is Betty's, alter ego the red she hulk well we're dealing with sky it is not the betty ross character obviously um so could certainly be something out there i i do think the serum is connected um if not to banner uh then to the hulk stuff the uh the gh and the uh the green color and we know that Sky is an 084 and that she would have an unpredictable reaction to this. Yeah. Um, all the more reason. Coulson putting it all together. It's all connected. Don't give her this serum. You know, that's not an impossible place that they could go. And I hear what you're saying about the comics origin of of She-Hulk and the Red Hulk and et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, look, they're not doing another... Uh, we're not doing another Hulk movie with with uh um Liv uh Liv Tyler, to my knowledge. I mean enough time right. has gone by. So I feel like you can kind of I mean if you if you're gonna recast Hulk, 
to play the exact same character. You could nonetheless repurpose Red Hulk, repurpose She-Hulk, mix them together, turn them into this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, particularly if there is kind of that question as to how are you going to use the Hulk, um, the Hulk, I'll say universal. I certainly don't mean it in the universal expanse of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but all the Hulk stuff, for, you know, for, for his supporting characters and storyline and backstory and all that. It seems that they're not sure that they're going to be using that anytime soon. So if that's the case, then hey, up for grabs. Let's divvy up the divvy up the parts here. Well, Matt, let's not forget that you and I two years ago sat through a panel at New York Comic Con in which we were told that the incredible Hulk would be coming back to ABC. And then that went away. Well, pre Avengers. Yeah. Okay. That went away. I mean, yeah. Oh, well, look, I don't mean, look, I don't mean to be critical of Jeff Loeb, but he floated the JJ Abrams and bad robot would be producing a Hulk TV series, perhaps even for as soon as, because this was November. Uh, pardon me. This was October two years ago, perhaps as soon as the following September would be the pilot, you know, meaning pilot season starting in a handful of months after that and nothing happened. And the following pilot season came and went and nothing happened. And I get that since then there's been Avengers. There's been, I actually don't even know at that point was Marvel, had Marvel been bought by Disney at that point? So I get there's yes. been tons of changes. Yes. It had been it okay. Had been yes. um, had they done the degree of integration that they have now? No, of course not. But, We'll see it as it comes. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I would welcome a Hulk TV series. Uh, clearly, they're not they're not moving on it. Um, well, this could be the way to yeah. integrate that into this. And um, again, you know, not having uh, seen that directly, um, and it happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, the red. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um so yeah. explain explain it to me because I oh, sorry. Have to go back and watch it, but well, they so they inject her and she starts to spike or whatever the medical term is. And it's mm-hmm. you know, beepity, 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 that, beepity. that that I all saw, but you know, in, she, in watching that I didn't see her flash red. Well, as she's kind of spasming, um, and her back still arched, there's there kind of was a glow, and I'm not trying to be cheeky here, but there was a glow kind of let's say the in the collarbone area again i'm not trying to to be suggestive of anything just that was kind of where it was located certainly was not bright but it definitely was a glow and i believe it happened twice perhaps with with a breath in and a breath out although i don't want to swear to that because i of course i'm you know i'm thinking of the reveal of the uh the the glowing backbone uh of uh of uh a so cylon on uh, i'm wondering that if i even saw this and it just didn't register to me that i'm you know, taking notes uh, seriously that, you know, that it might've been subtle. It definitely was meant to be subtle. I don't think it was okay. so subtle. And I don't mean to go back to the well on this, but certainly wasn't meant to be so subtle as like, like the Dharma mark on the Dharma shark uh, for all you lost fans out there. It wasn't one of those, Hey, I think I saw that. Did you see that? See what quick hit pause, roll it back. Oh, I don't have a DVR. Oh, tomorrow screen cap. Somebody will have it. I think if you, Pete, if you were to be, uh, not that you weren't watching carefully, but if you were just sitting in front of the TV, watching it, no, no distractions, no note taking, I think that you would you would notice it as a, as a critical viewer, uh, you know, with no other, you know, with your attention nowhere else. I don't, 
but I think it also was subtle enough so that you're supposed to say to the people who didn't see it, what do you mean you didn't see it? Go back and look and pay attention. Right. Um, so that's, I'm telling you, Pete, I'm just absolutely, absolutely head over heels at the notion that it's some sort of She-Hulk direction that we could be headed. Because that would be fun. Yeah, and I think that would allow Sky an opportunity to really be viewed in another light. I mean, listen, you've called for the character's death. You nearly got in the past. Wish. In the past, <laughs> I withdraw it. Um, yes, yes, and and fair is fair, as you would say. Um, but the idea here that you know the show's mantra is not all heroes are super and 14 episodes in now to tease at least the possibility that one of them could have superpowers. Um, I think is interesting. Does, does it necessarily need to be the way we go to, uh, you know, really capture the viewers, uh, zeitgeist? I, I don't think it does, but I'm interested to see certainly, and, and they're keeping us guessing as to where they're going with that. Um, now, Pete, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier that you, you don't think it was some sort of double negative statement. Like you don't think that we haven't not yet not seen the clairvoyant yes. whose face we don't know unless we do know it. Do yes. we question mark? What do you mean? What if Matt and you have long said well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your feelings of the clairvoyant right. vis-a-vis Samuel L. Jackson? I Not think, that he is the clairvoyant, <laughs> right. but by, go by, ahead. But Yeah, by way of the Samuel L. Jackson uh, example. I don't know when we're going to see the reveal of the clairvoyant. It will be this season. It will be this season. That's Here, been said, yeah. Here's my bet. My bet is it's the final 10 seconds of the season particularly if they know that they've been picked up at a point when they, when they shoot this. Um, I think that it will be akin to the Samuel L. Jackson reveal in Iron Man in that they're going to have a, a, a recognizable actor of some stature where as soon as they walk through, you go, oh my goodness, that's blank. You know, and it's immediately a recognizable person. And you're kind of going, wait a minute, I didn't know anything about you know, as in the Iron Man case, I didn't know anything about Samuel L. Jackson being in this movie. What what in the world is going on? Or, you know, I didn't know anything about, uh, you know, Bruce Dern being in this movie, uh, whatever it might be. I think that they're going to go for that kind of a wow moment. I don't think that it's going to go down to central casting and go, yeah, you know, clairvoyant, uh, you know, uh, man in his 50s. Uh, which one of you looks about 50? All right, too short, too <laughs> tall, too heavy, too thin you oh yeah you've been on like law and order and uh oh look you were on like csi miami twice playing two different you know killers okay you could play him for like four episodes i think they're gonna go for a name a face an established guy and pete i've mentioned you know a bill paxton type where somebody where you go oh him i know him i know him from he was in terminator he was in aliens he was also killed by a predator he was in big love he was in this he was in that he was not in independence day although some people think he was (laughs) (laughs) um so a bill paxton type was my point and then now i'll send it back to you pete so pete what do you mean we've possibly seen the clairvoyant before what if agent john garrett perish the thought is the clairvoyant 
shows up in a interesting, never glimpsed jet before. Yes, of course, under the guise of shield technology. I think there is some involvement in shield of the clairvoyant um, manipulating. And again, where we're headed, our trajectory with um, Captain America, the winter soldier is this interagency intrigue and this growing schism uh, amongst its many members. So wouldn't that be a reveal that our friend is really our enemy working against us from within. Now, Pete, I don't mean to be the prefix police, but don't you mean intra-agency? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Pete, I know we're going to get like 500 emails complaining about that. So I just wanted to double check. Um, I like it as a theory, but I'll just repeat what I said earlier, that Bill Paxson's performance was so amiable and so strong. And... Well, that's so, where it works. Yeah. Uh, but I hope, I mean, I, I would rather see him in season two and have central casting guy walk out and go, behold, for I am the clairvoyant. Uh, I'd rather see that than the punch in the gut of, oh, man, Ward's SO. There was that great episode where him and Ward played darts. There was the other time where he had the great comeback to Maine. He shut her down. I, I'd much rather have the have the um have, rather have the actor the actor and the character stick around but time will tell in the remaining well, he can seven certainly episodes stick around as a bad guy and again yeah. you get him when you need him i mean don't get me wrong i would be a fan of you know paxton's a guy who could move back and forth between you know the marvel movies and the tv show um in an extended way uh and that may very well be the idea but I think the gut punch and then the idea that you could bring Paxton back to chew the scenery as this bad guy, if indeed he could be the clairvoyant. And again, I'm spitballing at this point, but I'm spitballing, I think, on breadcrumbs that may be there. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's completely legit, despite the fact that I kind of like I don't want it to happen. You know, let's talk about Lorelai. Moving on, we knew that she was going to show up uh, placed there very uh, straightforwardly in Death Valley, uh, not immune to its effects. What's going on there? We've got one Asgardian where we know there's one, there's usually another, and we know that uh, Lady Sif is coming, um, the wonderful Jamie Alexander. Well, Pete, I know that we have a bunch of uh, fantastic lady listeners, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wow some of them right now by asking: Was anybody else hoping that they could get Lauren Graham to play Lorelai? Oh yeah, that's a Gilmore Girls shout out, by the way. Um, I think for this episode, I was a little confused just by the overall pacing of the secret scene, which was like four minutes long or three minutes long. I'm not complaining. I just think that it was a. Uh, I guess I was kind of wondering to myself, did what did we leave on the floor for this episode so that we could have so much of next week's episode? Um, I think that tonight's episode was perfectly fine in a bunch of ways. I don't think that it was you know, as deep as last week's, nor did it need to be. But just kind of that slight concern there of. We're doing so much to say, 
Lorelai is here and she's visiting Mizgard because she's from Asgard and we're going to have a big Asgard episode next week. And, and if you watch the preview, you're going to see a big flash of like transporter light tube stuff. So uh, I felt that that kind of muddled the experience for me a little bit. I know that's not exactly level seven ish, but that kind of was, I felt that that was for me a bit of a block towards knowing more about Lorelai. Although I will say this, I referred to her on Twitter as like Loki girl um even though she's a woman uh and well that's quickly been the uh how do you pronounce it matt uh m-e-m-e <laughs> that is pronounced meme although my sister-in-law uh who does not listen to this podcast probably doesn't know what that purple podcast thing is on her iphone calls them memes <laughs> well the meme has quickly become that it's uh you know femme loki pete could we make meme a meme I think it just became a thing. Everybody, the day that you hear this, refer to memes as memes. Okay. Tell everybody it's the new thing. Yes. Anyhow, Loki it, girl. So that we know, hashtag Matt. Hashtag M-E-H-M-A-Y. Okay. So hear that, everybody. Um, but that's uh, quickly become the meme <laughs> is that um, Laura Lay is a female loquet. Do you think, and I know Lorelai is a pre-existing character in the comics. That's the extent of my knowledge about her, by the way. Do you think they would ever go the route? Like, I don't look, I don't know how many, I don't know how many episodes, uh, uh, Elena Satine is going to be playing, uh, Lorelai, but here's, here's a crazy theory. Marvel cinematic universe, Lorelai, is not Lorelai. It's Loki in disguise. And towards the end of the season, we have the big uh, Coulson showdown with Loki of some sort. I'm not saying to like, you know, thus Loki dies because he needs to come back for Thor three. But what are your thoughts on that? Pete? It's a little out there, but well, the last couple of days there's been rumblings that they're going to give Loki his own movie. Um, And Hiddleston has also made no bones about the fact that he wants to be on the TV show. So could that happen? Hey, anything's possible if they want it to happen uh, beyond the contractual obligations. Um, I think that's too easy an explanation to make this character another character. Um, She has her own backstory There's clearly an agenda here. What it is, we don't know. Is it connected to the clairvoyant? I'm not convinced it's not. Again, it's all connected. Now, that's interesting. I wouldn't have any problem having the remaining seven episodes all be clairvoyant connected. I don't know that you need it. But if you're going to do one episode that isn't, it's like this is what, Pete, at least a month straight of a clairvoyant arc yes and let's not forget too matt you know it's been a while but and and that was tweeted several times tonight by you know some marvel higher ups is that you know the the fruits of the seeds that were laid very early on are coming back around we still don't have graviton back yet yeah that's hanging out there they would be wise to bring to bring back graviton if only because it was not a great episode, and I understand why. It was the the, was it the third episode, Pete? Second? 
third episode. Uh, third episode, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I understand. I understand that that you're at a point in the production where it's like, oh, geez, now we're doing this every week, and it's not you're not going to spit gold all the time. Um, I Spy, which was a perfectly fine episode that we saw at New York Comic Con, it was made better by the fact, oh man, the I Spy people, you know, now have Mike Peterson. And it, you know, the the notion of it's all connected. These episodes have been elevated by it, so I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, good old Graviton brought back yet again. Indeed. Well, Matt, speaking of bringing it back, let's see what some people have brought back to us in the way of decrypted transmissions. Absolutely, we heard from Sarchans on Twitter, who, uh, in, in a series of tweets here. Um, is putting forth an old theory new again or found new uh sarchan says oh yes 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 his dead body in the liquid equals colson walking around is a uh live model decoy um a number of people have disagreed with that i think in in healthy debate jungle fritz said no way colson uh, uh, that was no way colson referring to the creature in the tube um Plus, the implication was that the GH325 was being harvested from the body. Um, Michael Goins, who I believe is on Twitter as The Michael Goins, uh, asks, was that a Chitari cadaver? And Jungle Fritz fired back. Uh, base was wrong for Chitari. Um, Jeremy Roberts thought the same thing. Part of a Chitari or... Here's where it gets interesting, Pete. I'd like to know your thoughts. Maybe a new species of alien, dot, dot, dot. Something to lead into, Pete? The Guardians of the Galaxy. What do you think about that? I Again, I think anything is possible, and that's the beauty part about this universe right now. We're so open to possibility. I think the further along we go, believe it or not, things will actually become, you know, less open. No, we can't go there. We can't go there. Um, I hesitate to say it's Asgard because we've dealt with so much from Asgard. I hesitate to say that it's Avatar because that's not really part of this universe. Because <laughs> uh, so 20th not- Century Fox would <laughs> sue and sue mightily. Exactly. So uh, Jake Sully, uh, yeah, that's not happening either. Um, so- Was it the Sigourney Weaver uh uh what are they called navi was it the sigourney weaver navi they brought back to earth but in the past to change the future it it has nothing to do with avatar so let's just this could be like oh what's the crud buckets i just had this in my head what's the 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 tv universe with the autistic kid from saint elsewhere you know that theory i think we've talked about it before the TV universe. Okay. Let me just, I'll explain this in 30 seconds to our listeners. The end of St. Elsewhere, which was a medical drama in the eighties. Yes. I realized. That. <laughs> no, I'm explaining to our listeners. I know you okay. know this. Uh, it took place in a hospital and it ends with, you know, cut to autistic boy sitting on the couch, looking at the snow globe of the hospital. It was never real. It was all a dream. Okay. That whatever, whatever. But there were so many crossovers from St. Elsewhere into the law and order, uh, uh, universe into the x-files or times that law and order crossed over to x-files that literally you have something like 
15 television shows, including the entire Star Trek franchise, which may be inside this kid's head if you follow it out far enough. So what I'm saying is, Pete, it's possible that even though 20th Century Fox and Marvel Studios might not you know, hold hands together, you could still have the Avatar Marvel Cinematic Universe crossover Ultraverse. Maybe that's where they'll send the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Avatar 4. Hulk smash. Anyway, Pete, enough about me talking. Should we hear from, from the people? Yes. Uh, tweet from Victoria. That's Victoria at 96 on Twitter. Uh, to the question, what was that thing that we were all saying? And I know I noted on Twitter and many people were saying what the bleep was that variations of that. She said, I'll tell you what that was. Gross. Really, though, I have no idea. <laughs> Which it think- was kind of gross. I was not prepared. Uh, not that, you know, uh, I I can't see this, but I wasn't prepared for half an alien torso. Yeah, with like <laughs> intestines. Yes, there something. were some, some intestines and, and the tubes and all of that. Uh, on the topic, our first agent of the week, Michelle, uh, said, uh, she said, oh, and my vote that uh, Mr. Blue, which I think is a great code word for that creature. Let's call him Mr. Blue. He <laughs> said, my vote is the winter soldier for the gutsy performance. Now I love the theory. I think that this show will be elevated. If the events of Captain America don't happen until the episode that airs after April 4th, you know what I'm saying? Like I the agree. show shouldn't have the after effect until the movie has come out. And the and the synergy that's really been the hallmark. Um, you know, listen, this this is the first time we're getting two sequels. Um, you know, actually we're three sequels back to back. We're Iron Man three, we're Thor the Dark World, we're Captain America Winter Soldier, but to get two within the course of the TV season. And to have that to bounce off of, you know, they're they're playing in a park that nothing else on TV yeah. can come close to. So to have that opportunity is huge. Um, I'm going to go on the record now. It's not the Winter Soldier. Um, and I think, you know, that's not a spoiler. Um, I'm also going to say that I like Mr. Blue and that let's remember the song that began Iron Man 3. I'm blue, babadi, da 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 dee. It's all connected. So it's all connected, man. Wow. Mr. Blue. Back to Sarchons, who had some debate with uh, Stefan. Uh, Sarchon says, uh, wondering if Mr. Blue might be Modoc as he deals with the evil agencies that fight S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, Pete, you might be saying, what or who is Modoc? And I happen to have had that open before. Oh, here it is. Modoc. Also written as M dot O dot O M dot O dot D dot O dot K acronym for for mental seen enough acronyms here. Indeed. That's an acronym for mental or mobile or mechanized organism designed only for killing Uh, fictional character, super villain. Uh, Let's see. First appeared in tales of suspense. 93. That's your 1967. A Stanley Jack Kirby joint. And uh oh, by the way, did I mention that um had lots of run-ins with Shield over the years? 
So initially I was like, oh my goodness, this is another example of how they're not going to go deep into their, you know, like Marvel has 5,000 characters. They're not going to go to like, you know, Willie Lumpkin, the whatever he was in Fantastic Four and make him a big character because he's just some little, you know, nerd character. And I read this and go, um, that could work. And then like, you look at the picture of him. I'll send you a link right now. It's like a giant head with a little body. Mm-hmm. So kind of like suggestive of all brains. Um, so get you the link here. I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not precluding that as a strong possibility. However, um, some people have been calling for the leader. That, be, yeah, I've seen this yeah. connected, associated with the leader who could be our clairvoyant. So again, Matt, could Mr. Blue be the clairvoyant? Because that was his nickname in the Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Mr. Blue was the name that that the Timothy Blake Nelson character took. Yep. Wow, you just blew my mind right there. I'm really um I'm really digging that. Yep. Um so Mr. Blue, wow. Or at least some sort of connection. I'm not saying mm-hmm. necessarily which again, you know, Jeff Loeb tells us during the panel at New York Comic Con, you know, they're going to mine it all the way down to the bottom of the mine. And, you know, they have most of this comic universe with some, you know, contractual situations uh, off limits. The X-Men, Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, Fantastic you know, Four. Exactly. A, a couple corners of it, you know off uh off limits right now but again you know the the beauty part right now is all is possible or just about all is possible yeah um i'm i I, this there's definitely the possibility of some sort of connection there and i like it i really really do and as you say you know I mean, look, I would suspect, Pete, that that the contract that you referred to probably has run out. I mean, I have no idea. That would just be a gut reaction uh, or, or, or a gut call. That said, you call Tim Blake Nelson, who I can't tell you the last major thing he was in, and go, you know, hey, fella, you got, you know, can you come in for one scene uh, for the end of this season and come back, you know, come back next season to do, you know, a couple episodes? Um don't get me wrong. He's working. I mean, two movies in uh, 2014, like five in 2013. But I'm just saying I wouldn't rule it out. Um, that could be fun. That could really, really be fun. So with that, Pete, there's one more tweet. Um, this is from a, a name that you might uh, that you might recognize. This is BJ Britt. Can you remind everybody who that is? BJ Britt uh, joined the show tonight in a guest capacity as Agent Antoine Triplett. And uh, first you tweeted at him to to wish him welcome, and I did the same. And he responded with a, a quick but heartfelt, thanks so much. And I followed it with a smiley face wearing the sunglasses, <laughs> denoting a cool guy. And BJ Britt, you are a cool guy. Yes. Um. So with that, Pete, we are still not done, though. We have one more bit of uh, communique this from paul tobeck who took the time to write quite the email and i will uh 
read it and I'll, you know, I'll stop in between paragraphs, plural, uh, to hear your thoughts, Pete. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Paul starts out and says, gentlemen, let me first congratulate you on a job well done for not only landing an interview with Clark Gregg, but also for asking the right questions that allowed Mr. Gregg to show his passion and excitement for the series and the character of Coulson. It's work like this that fans of the show really appreciate and is another example of why your podcast is a cut above all others. So very high praise there from, uh, from Paul. Thank you, Paul. Uh, he goes on to say, first off, a few predictions for everyone's favorite cyborg, Mike Peterson, a.k.a. Deflock. By the way, Pete, I should forward you this email. This, this, this Paul knows how to use a comma. He really does. Uh, I'm sure many observant Marvel fans who spotted the various references to Roxxon within the MCU suspected that we would see Deathlock at some point. And I'll bet that remain spoil. I'll bet those that remain spoiler free when Cybertech's name was dropped. Um, sorry, maybe I shouldn't mess up his words here. So, and I'll bet those that remain spoiler free smiled when Cybertech's name was dropped at the beginning of Tracks. After all. What giant oil conglomerate worth its salt doesn't have a cybernetics division creating killer cyborgs? While the version of Deathlock we currently have doesn't resemble the comics version at this point, I suspect that uh, that won't be the case for very long. Whether his armor suit comes from the clairvoyant or is supplied by S.H.I.E.L.D. after Mike's inevitable rescue remains to be seen. I think it's safe to say that the clairvoyant isn't on Cybertech's preferred customer list anymore, so I'm betting on S.H.I.E.L.D. giving him an upgrade perhaps with Stark technology. Ooh, I kind of like that one. Uh, I'm predicting that one piece of that armor in particular will be key if Mike is to be rescued, and that would be the armor plate covering the left side of his face. I predict that piece will be a Fitz creation designed to block the clairvoyant signal, preventing him from killing Mike and perhaps leading to a replacement cybernetic eye. I really am stoked to get a super recurring on the show, and I hope he sticks around long enough to see his character fully transform your thoughts pete there's a lot to chew on there there certainly is you know we know that Deathlock is going to be an evolving character we know that he's got lots of gadgets and parts that he still doesn't have yet um he's mia in this episode so where that leaves all of these enhancements and again does he need to take on the direct appearance that he has in the comics i i think that's to be determined but again, these are all wonderful ideas and, uh, you know, time will help us with the perspective of that, of whether they turn out to be right. Paul has some thoughts ahead of tonight's episode, which, of course, we have now seen. So we can really kind of test his uh, predictive powers here. Uh, I also have a few thoughts about uh, this Tuesday's long awaited 15th episode. I think it's actually 14th. Yes. Uh, Tahiti. Seriously, Marvel, can we stop with the pseudo acronym titles already? He says parenthetically. Uh, though I've been purposely avoiding spoilers, I think it's safe to assume by the title that a near uh, that, pardon me that a desperate Agent Coulson will be taking a near death or clinically dead Sky to visit Shepard Book. Um, I mean Doctor Strayton, uh, which will remind everybody is not Doctor Strange. Um, consider the anguish and torment the good Doctor is suffering after what happened with Coulson. Uh, saying that he will be reluctant to help would be a, a monumental understatement course i feel assured that agent colson has what it takes to convince him convincing quotes uh, that may or may not involve agent ward and or firearms in the end dr Strighton will revive sky and in the process we should get uh, some more insight into what colson went through 
and quite possibly a reveal of what exactly qualifies Sky as an 082. 084. He said 082. Okay. That was we'll perfect. Just, we'll make that connection. Correction, yep. Fair enough. Uh, with the uh, upcoming appearance of Lady Sif, many have speculated that Sky is Asgardian or half Asgardian. My gut tells <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm fairly certain Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't do anything half ass Guardian. <laughs> uh, but my gut tells me that that's not the case. I could be wrong, but I believe she's something different, something we haven't seen before, in this show anyway. Your thoughts, Pete? Yeah, I, I don't see an Asgardian connection. Um, Coulson's seeming rejection to all things Asgardian other than Thor. Um, <laughs> you know, he'll get along with Sith because he'll need to. Um, and uh, yeah, again, time's going to tell. So Paul wraps up by saying, that's it for now. Can't wait for the last nine to play out. And I'm anxious to see how they tie in with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Keep up the great work. And I look forward to the next podcast. Paul Tobeck at PhotoPaul75 on Twitter. Now, pardon me. I'm, now I'm getting numbers wrong. Let's try that again. At PhotoPaul65 on Twitter. So thank you so much, Paul, for your fantastic, verbose, well-thought-out email. Pete, what do you think that that gets, Paul? I think we have a special way of acknowledging people who write in and have something substantive to say. Indeed, Paul, you're hereby declared agent of the week, and uh, I will be in touch to get you your button ASAP. I've, I'm occasionally remiss with that, but I'm going to redouble my efforts now that S.H.I.E.L.D. is back uh, full time. <laughs> Should we quickly talk about that, Pete, in 30 seconds? Yes, the the schedule would seem to be uh, not completely as ideal as we had hoped. Um, there is a new episode next week. Lady Sif will be uh, in next week's episode, and hence the Lorelai introduction um, of the female Asgardian uh, trickster here at the end of the episode leading into next. Uh, on March 18th, we are going to get a break from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we are going to get a, I believe it's a one-hour special, but we're going to get a special that night, which actually will give us the first glimpses of um, Avengers Age of Ultron, as well as some other things uh, yet ahead in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I I'm betting uh, for certain um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Then it remains to be seen at this point the rest of the schedule. Do we have hard dates? Uh, Clark Gregg did tell us that he believes that the final six were going to air in one block. And then he qualified that with the laughable statement, but I don't have any power, which I just want to correct now. No, Clark. No, Phil, you do have power. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last six, if you, I'll forego the reading of dates, but if if you assume that the last one hour episode uh, would be the third week in May, which I feel like rarely do they take finales into the fourth week in May, although that, that certainly happens, but let's just assume it's the third week in May that gives us the last three in April and the first three in May, make your six. Well, then, between March 25th and 
uh, April 14th, we would have one episode, one new episode left because it's six, you know, it, it's uh, um, after next week, we would have seven to go. So, you know, that's like a three week block with one new episode and two reruns. Eh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I feel like that's not, I mean, it, to me, it kind of as a consumer, it's unreasonable, but to me as a realist of how TV networks do their silly scheduling, it's not an unreasonable assumption to make that we'll have like two on two on the Marvel special, then maybe one, then two weeks off six in a row, something like that. So not the happiest. I mean, I don't say it's not like a, you know, it's an unhappy note for us to end on. I mean, I wish we could say, well, we just have eight in a row nonstop, but we don't. And it's network TV and that's the way it is. So I guess nothing to, nothing to do about that. Right, Pete? Strongly enough to run this special in two weeks from tonight. So I'm not worried. You know, have we gone through two month-long breaks to this point? We have. But again, as, as Clark Gregg told us, you know, that is the nature of this serialized storytelling that there have to be breaks. You're talking about 22 episodes over about a 30-week production schedule. Um, so that's going to happen. Um, the point is the biggest breaks are behind us. We're yeah. getting two connected, possibly contained episodes here. Um, again, we're going to get a glimpse of a movie that won't be out for more than a year in two weeks, which they have just started filming. Um, and just as a side note, kind of uh, concerned because apparently the announcement was made the last day or two that uh, uh, Agent Romanoff is with child. <laughs> so uh, not only is she in Avengers, there's going to be a spinoff uh, film um, for, um, you know, uh, Black Widow. So she's got a baby on the way, man. That, that could uh, potentially get in the way of some plans there but i i think that movie's far enough off that you know it won't be an issue um but yeah i mean i'm not worried about the breaks i'm really not fair enough then he some people might be worried though that that they can't talk to us on twitter so if you'd like to send feedback to the podcast you can send an email to fantasticgeek at gmail.com that of course it's uh, fantastic with a ph you can visit fantasticgeek.com you can uh, call the listener line 732-707-1815 and you can say hello to the Fantastic Geek team on Twitter at Fantastic Geek but Pete some people want more they want to talk to you on Twitter what is your Twitter handle well 2,437 followers can't be wrong you can find me on Twitter at Peter P-I-E-T-E-R J. Ketelar, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. And on Twitter, I am, of course, looking back lost. And Pete, it's now time for us to look back and declare this podcast just about over. I will say adios to one and all. We will talk again next week. And Pete, you get your final word. Well, you'll find me tucked between the uh, jacuzzi and the squash board. <laughs> <laughs>